This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your Nobia source for thriving with diabetes. As you, I'm Taylor Danielle, and if you're returning, welcome back. And if you're just now tuning in, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you here. And today's episode, I want to share three things that I've been doing to keep myself in range. And when I say in range, I'm referring to keeping my glucose levels within the normal range that is typically listed for a normal functioning body that isn't fighting insulin sensitivity, all that kind of stuff like that. And this is also referring to an area for those who use a constant glucose monitor or CGM, where it basically averages out into a percentage how much time you're spending in that. So that's what I'm referring to. If you are using a manual meter where you're still pricking your finger, this can still apply. It just requires a little bit more effort in keeping very close attention to your numbers and possibly checking multiple times a day so you can kind of get a clear picture of if you are staying in range most of the day. So this is something that I felt was really interesting to start learning about when I started using a CGM and even I've seen in the community space of like how time and range is more important almost than the A1C because your A1C is something that I don't want to say you can skew the numbers but it doesn't take into account if the averaging out doesn't always add up so if you have a bunch of high high days and a bunch of low days and they all average out into this even number you can still get a quote-unquote a1c that is in target range but your day-to-day habits necessarily aren't actually doing anything that's helping your body so it is something that i think would be really good to talk about just because it is something we got to pay attention to keeping our numbers where they're at is important so yeah let's get into it You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your Nobia source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Daniel, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglements, though. So let's do it. So, staying in range, that is, it's a subject that's, I think, becoming more and more visible in the community, especially now that technology is becoming um, a bit more widely available to a lot more of those of us who might not be familiar with using things like CGMs. I know for those who are insulin, you might have been brought into that fold a lot earlier, but for some of us who are not insulin dependent and are medication-based, a lot of times it can be hard to get CGMs approved by insurance because they think a manual meter is better and it's cheaper and strips and all that nonsense. So 
Anywho, if you have been able to venture into the CGM world, you see it often enough, time and range. And to me, the time and range helps me see what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis that is supporting me keeping my diabetes in a healthy space versus me sending my diabetes spiraling and possibly causing further complications with my body. So I think these things have been practical things that have helped me. And it's not like me changing how I'm drastically how I'm eating, things like that. These are things that have just helped me kind of recognize areas where I could see why my blood sugar might stay really high or might stay really low simply because these particular behaviors or actions weren't happening. So tip number one is, am I actually like giving myself room to digest my food? And I know that there have been so many different types of diets and things that are like eat five small meals a day or eat three big meals and two snacks or fast for however many hours and then eat in your eating window or whatever. There's so many variations and what, I mean, it's coming up, but even still, like even certain meal plans, it's just like do what works best for your body, right? But one fundamental function that your body has to do to utilize all of the fuel that you're giving it is it's got to process it. And so that is something that I started taking notice of and giving myself time to do, which led to more balanced numbers. And that is if I've eaten, giving myself time for my body to actually digest it. Because there have been moments where I've gotten a snack and I still can feel myself being slightly full from maybe a larger meal that I had earlier in the day. And so Sometimes those hunger cues aren't exactly hunger. It can be other things, primarily just like some form of hydration half the time. So I started slowing down and really thinking about like, why am I eating? Is this necessary? What is it that my body is asking for that it needs? And it sounds like you're spending a lot of time having to pause, stop and think about it. Trust me, I used to be one of those people who were like, I don't have time to think about that. But I had to very purposely start to drive my mind to that because it was leading me to a place of just overdoing things and overstressing my body and my organs and everything because I wasn't tuning in. I was choosing to ignore it, honestly. And I think that's something that many of us don't do is admit that we're aware. We just don't want to acknowledge it because that means we have to take ownership uh, for that. And so That is something that I really felt was a good place to start for me is, am I actually hungry? Have I digested everything that I've previously eaten? Because I've eaten myself almost to being sick because it was just like my full meter, it was on, but my taste buds were so like, this is so good, I can't turn it off. And having to really understand what's going on in my mouth and the chemistry and the things like that that's creating this sensation is not working for my body because my body's I'm tapped out I can't take anymore stop so really stopping and allowing your body to digest between meals they say anywhere from an hour to two hours everybody is different and it is possible for you to have digested and been hungry a couple hours later now I will caution and say be mindful of that because sometimes that can mean that there's something else going on. So if you're noticing that's had a lot, check in with your care team. 
It could be because of your medication. It could be a couple of things, but there are instances where it's normal. I thought it was crazy at one point. I was like, I'm hungry again. Is that bad? So paying attention to how I'm digesting has been huge. Am I giving myself a break? I think of that uh, fat, sick, and nearly dead documentary with the Joe, what's his name? I'm sorry, I can't remember his last name. But you know, the guy who went on a cross country trip and was juicing the entire time. And how he talks about like, why juicing is so beneficial because it gives your digestive system a break because you're not having to chew, you're not having to do anything and you're not getting any fiber that needs to be broken down. Now, whether or not that's the healthiest thing to do for yourself, that's something you gotta talk with your own medical team about. Obviously some people have done it just fine. Others, maybe not. There is something to be gained from all the fiber within those leafy greens and plants, things like that. But there's also something to gain just from having the juice. You got to figure out how it applies to you. But it did make sense of like, we are in this constant process with our organs where they have to do these things. When are they resting? And when are they actually being able to do the work? I like to think of it as if you're working in corporate or if, even if you work for yourself, you ever just been in a day full of meetings just to meet? And a lot of those meetings didn't really have any point to them. So you have all these meetings about being productive and doing the work, but when do you actually have time to do the work? And that's kind of what I see, or at least for myself, saw for my digestive system is, when am I actually giving my body the chance to work through the food that I just ate and use it? And when I started paying attention to that, I started seeing less like post-meal spikes because I wasn't stacking on additional food that would literally send me skyrocketing later, even after I stopped eating. So allow your body to do what it's supposed to do, and that's digest and utilize the energy and food that you've given it. The second thing that I've been doing, it's an oldie, but it's really helped me out, especially with something very specific. So Basically, use smaller plates, especially if you're used to going like crazy buffets, like Golden Corral or whatever, and you only get like, or I can't remember, was it Golden Corral? There was one place where you could only go get in line once. So you had to load it up, you couldn't go back, uh, or you had to like basically pay again. I can't remember. Please somebody in the comments let me know. If you remember, I feel like there was very distinctly a place, one of those buffet places that you can only go once. And I used to hate it, because I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna want this later, but I wanna try all the things and it's easier when I have access to it. Cause then I can be like, all right, I'm full or whatever. But anyways, so using smaller plates really does work. Now I'm not saying use like the tea saucer plate, right? I actually got a set of white square-like plates. I think my mom got it for me. And the big plate actually is like the size of the medium size plate or like the salad plate on some of my other sets. And I just started using them. I started using the mid-tier plates and I've just noticed even from that, I would be full just off the medium size plate. And I only used the big one, honestly more now for cooking or for holding stuff. Like I don't use the big ones as much. And when I use the, the medium size plates, it looks like I've piled on a lot of food. And so it's kind of satisfying the, ooh, I'm really hungry. Ooh, I really want to eat all the things. But it's keeping me from overdoing it. So same thing with bowls. Like my big pho bowls, I'm just used to having them or ramen bowls just from growing up. 
But I have to force myself, especially when I give myself room to have cereal, things like that, to use the smaller bowl because I will use the big one and go ham, right? Now, I do use the big bowls for salads. That I will say because I just feel like the salad plates and bowls are just not sized for the amount of like greens that you need, especially when you're trying to get your greens in. So yeah, using the medium sized plate instead of the really big one. If you feel tempted and want to try it, just put them out of reach. Put the super big plates somewhere where like maybe the, the decorative shelf that you can barely reach but never use. So maybe put them up there or something like that. I don't know. I've just noticed that when I use the medium-sized plates, like I notice a significant difference. It helps with my portion control. It helps with ensuring that I'm getting what I want to eat, but I'm not overdoing it so I don't have food waste later. Because every now and then I still have that little kid habit that creeps up where I pile the plate and I don't really think about going back for seconds. It's definitely worked for me. It's funny. The third thing that has worked for me and it annoys me. <laughs> it legitimately annoys me that this is so true because it's so true in so many other spaces. And you've heard this one over and over and over again. So I do not blame you if you give me the biggest, most massive of eye rolls when you watch this and or hear this. And that is keep drinking water. Not even kidding keep drinking water when you're especially if you're used to your blood sugar levels being so high for a while like myself staying thirsty was more of a forced thing because my body is trying to get me to flush out all of the sugar in my system but even so i have noticed that on days that i have had a lot more water my numbers are a lot more even and it's to the point now where I have set myself up with a water setup that's going to ensure that I keep drinking it. What am I talking about? I got a water cooler. Those old school, you got to get the big gallon jugs or whatever to get your water. Two reasons. Um, the pure filters that you snap onto the faucets, it was great for a little bit, but... It just wasn't working for me. And I like cold water for the most part. I'll do room temperature, but it's usually if I'm drinking out of the water bottles. Now I stopped doing the water bottles and I am spending slightly more on the refills than I would if I just bought cases. But after the freeze, I feel like cased water. <laughs> I feel like cased water should be saved for emergencies like that. They're just more convenient, they're easier to move around, and if there's ever another weather incident or they have to turn the water off, whatever, yes, I would need power to use my current water system, but at least I would have bottled water that's saved to use for those emergencies. So every now and then I will buy a case of water, but it's more so just to stock up just in case of emergencies. But having this water cooler, I'm drinking more water now than ever now still in kind of the warmer months so that might change a little bit and i don't mind letting it sit and the coldness dissipating i don't know what the word is or getting room temperature whatever 
But I still, I drink it a lot more. I have access to hot water faster. I don't use my tea kettle as much. Not that I don't like my tea kettle, but you know, I'm also wasting water because I'm filling it up, heating it all up, and then only using a portion of it. So there's pros and cons. But overall, drinking enough water throughout the day is has been essential when I do have noticed that I'm having a higher, you know, glucose setup. I drink some water. And over time, it, it definitely starts to go down. I don't know if it's like a direct reaction to that. I do know like the more that you flush your system out, the better. But I am drinking four to five cups of water and I'm actually doing like the big, I'm trying to look to see if I can see the ounces, but the big mason jars. Sometimes I'll fill up my big steel, stainless steel bottle, the 64 ounces, but the straw on that is weird. I don't know what it is. It's on the t anyways and I bought that because I was in an office and we had to use the water cooler there to uh, do it but now that I have it here I use my other cups and I'm constantly filling it I almost feel like I'm always thirsty <laughs> but it is annoying how right they are about drinking some damn water and I, I, I don't know if this is me getting old which I don't really sign up that getting older is bad anymore but if it's just my body and it's changing like I don't mind it I don't mind drinking cold water all the time like I will go for that always I will get cold water and a glass of whatever it is else that I'm getting like whether it's coffee tea a drink whatever I have to have a cup of cold water near me I am just it, it's a constant it's so crazy but it's true it's so true y'all I don't even know. I I was mad. I'm like, man, this, this shit actually works. Actually works. So giving yourself time to digest, using or downsizing your plates, again, to the middle size, and drinking water. Those three actions have really helped me get my time and range better. Now, at the time of recording this, like it's been a week <laughs> and my numbers have been all over the place and I learned it was because of my medication regimen there was a miscommunication so I wasn't taking enough of my medication and my numbers were skyrocketing and it's a little discouraging right because like when you see your numbers go even and go down and you start to come off medication or I wouldn't even try to come off medication but like taking half a medication and it's going back up you're like oh is my body really ready to do this because I would like to get to a point where I don't have to take my medication in order to manage if I can get to a point of holistically managing while I have while my body still functions enough to do so because I do want to slow the progression of my diabetes advancing if it does but my hope is that I can get it to a point where it doesn't and I no longer need medication to stimulate the functions that I need my body to do in order to do so. But it was a glimpse that I'm not quite there yet. And that's okay. And with the way that things have been for me lately, it's been a little crazy and I haven't been on top of my eating, but it's okay because I learned something and I'm learning how to continue to adjust. So my time and range has been hit pretty hard <laughs> the last week and a half with just my numbers being kind of out of whack but it hasn't changed those three things for me and it got me to start really thinking through okay 
how do I keep this down? If I'm going to come off of this, how do I do that? And one thing I notice is I'm not eating consistently. And I, I, I hesitate to say that just because I don't want it to seem like you have to do the three square meals a day kind of thing. No, I, I think there's still an adjustment to who you are. But I have noticed that when I stopped giving myself fuel in the mornings, it didn't, my body would rev up. Hey, we've got food, we've got fuel. And then it would use it. And then I would be ready to go for, you know, lunch and then for dinner. And so there is something to be said about that first meal of the day and however you get it. But of course, everybody is different. So for me, noticing that not having some kind of consistent breakfast in the morning, even if it's small, has left me to eat way later, way more, and way carb focused. And so that's led to some spikes as well because I wasn't getting an even amount of fuel. So I don't know. Try the things. <laughs> Let me know how it goes for you. It's what worked for me. I'm still hacking away. I'm still figuring out ways to live, thrive, and still have good blood sugar numbers because it's important for me to know and to build habits and make lifestyle changes that supports my body's function so that one day whenever I am hopefully able to come off medication, I don't have to think so hard of is the choices that I'm making sending me over the edge. And so that's kind of my goal. It has been can I get my meds down? And then if I can get my meds down, I would like to spend six months to a year still using my CGM, but managing without medication and seeing how my habits and actions lead to stable blood sugar in my numbers throughout the week and then come off my CGM. But these three things have been key for me to finding that stride and doing so. And I won't say that every day will be perfect, there's definitely some cheesecake out there somewhere calling my name that will send me over the edge once or twice. But for the most part, 80% of the time I'm staying in range because of choices that I'm making with my behaviors, then I'm all for it. So I'm curious to know what your tips are if you're a CGM user of how you stay in range or if you even pay attention to that. I know everybody's different in that the goal is to lower the A1C, but we're not really paying attention to time and range or time and range is becoming more common to talk about in the community. And how do we make that available or think through that if you're not using a CGM? Because you would have to do a lot of finger pr pricks throughout the day in order to average out what your blood glucose level is throughout the day and then throughout the week. And then it's at least on CGMs, it's up to 90 days. So it's real tedious if you go that route, but hey, if you've done it, I'd love to hear from you and to understand what you were doing to ensure that you were seeing that you were in range a good amount of the time. And hey, CGM burnout is real. I definitely was delayed on sensors at one point and spent two weeks without it. And there was something about not seeing it or not having my alarms go off on my phone that <sighs> you just felt normal. I just felt normal. I felt like I didn't have to think about it, even though I did, even though I still needed to check my blood sugars and things like that. But going those two weeks without my CGM was oddly satisfying because I didn't have it in my face all the time. But at the same time, I missed it because I liked having it in my face all the time, even if I was seeing stuff kind of discouraged me a little bit. So just know that if you are working on trying to get yourself in range on a regular basis, that it's okay to experience burnout with that as well. 
because it's kind of a gift and a curse to see where your numbers are at all times, anytime during the day, especially if you're really working to get it down. Even when I got back on it, my numbers started out a little bit higher than normal and it was a little discouraging because it felt like everything that I did had unraveled. But the reality is that everything that I'm doing, even on days when it's hard, everything that you're doing counts and it matters. So even if it's just a small swapping out the size of your plate or taking that extra swig of water or, you know, what else did I say? Letting yourself digest because every action matters. So that's all I really had. I hope that helps you guys. And I hope that kind of think about those things. What are those indirect things that can help keep you in range that isn't always about eating food or how much food did I eat and taking medications? Because there are other ways to do it. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to kind of clue y'all in and what I've been doing. And if you want to see what's going on outside of that, be sure to follow the show on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, if you want to watch it. And of course, everywhere on your favorite podcast channels, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, and even some of those in between. Yeah. We're rocking and rolling. I'm really excited for this week's guest. I think it was an awesome conversation to have and to just know that there are nonprofits out there that are doing amazing things. I won't give you any more than that. But yeah, until then, here's to time and range. Here's to good blood sugars. And here's to thriving, even if you're living with diabetes. Catch you guys next episode.